Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. The Bible says this. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the Sadducees, the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. It came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Verse 13 is really where I'm going to take my text out of this morning. The Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for your people, Lord, and for their faithfulness. And Father, I, I thank you for this baby dedication time, Lord, these precious children that have been dedicated back to you. And Father, I pray that the parents took that vow very seriously. Lord, I pray that the church would do their best to help raise these children for Christ. Father, I pray that this evening or this morning, Father, as I preach the word of God, as I say often, Lord, I can speak to the ears of the people, but only the Holy Spirit of God can speak to the hearts. And Father, I pray that you'd have free course uh, to move among us this morning. Help us to leave different than as we came. Father, we love you this morning. And Father, I just want to be a blessing to your people. Help me to take a step back. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. <clears throat> it's so amazing in this story how receiving Christ uh, can, into your heart can change your life. It can change everything about you, and the presence of an indwelling Holy Spirit can uh, uh, change someone in such a short period of time. It's amazing. Peter and John, these, these fishermen, listen, they had a knowledge of boats, and they had a knowledge of the sea, and they had a knowledge of fishing, but they were uneducated. They were unlearned. They were without uh, rank or stature, but they boldly proclaimed here that salvation was found in no other name or by no other means, but by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
They spoke boldly and an indwelling Holy Spirit in their lives and three and a half years of walking uh, with the Savior, three years of walking with the Savior made them bold for the Master's cause. Hey, when you, uh, when you find Jesus, it will change you. It will make you a new creature. It will change everything about you. And so for us this morning who claim the name of Jesus Christ, let me ask you this. Can people take knowledge that you've been with Jesus? The people that you come in contact with, uh, uh, the people that you work with or that you go to school with, ask yourself this question in your life. Can they take knowledge that you've been with Jesus? I know Paul said, uh, as he wrote to his converts in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, the Bible says this, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Listen, church, can people see Jesus in you? Are our lives a, a living epistle for God? Are you imitators for Christ? Do people take knowledge that you have been with Jesus? Listen, I know in my life, that's my prayer. Amen, that when I, when I meet somebody or I talk to somebody, uh, I have fellowship with someone that they say, he's been with Jesus. There's something different about that guy. I want that in my life. There's something uh, uh, different. There's something changed about him. I, I know that's my prayer. When I talk to people, I want them to walk away and say, uh, he's been with Jesus. I pray that's your prayer also this morning, that after you've talked to people or you've dealt with somebody, that, hey, they would walk away from you and say, there's something different about that person. They've been with Jesus. Number one in my points this morning, I wrote down, what a Christian should be. What a Christian should be. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen, we should be conformed, church, amen, to the image of Christ. It doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's not an immediate thing. But listen, as we daily walk with the Lord, it should change us and it should move us and motivate us to be more like Jesus. We should be pictures of Christ, portraits, snapshots. Can I say this? <clears throat> in the era that we live in today, there's many professors, but not possessors. It's popular to say you're a Christian today, but it's not popular to live it. It's not popular uh, to, be, to be different. I, I heard about a man that he sold a tavern to a, to a local church, and, and uh, the people were excited, and uh, they came in, and they took out the bar stools, and they replaced them with pews, and they put in new lighting and fresh paint, and amid all the hustle and bustle, they they didn't realize that the bartender had kept his parakeet there. And here they were on that first Sunday service. There was a parakeet perched up in the rafters, and the preacher walked in, and, and the parakeet squawked out, new owner, new owner. <laughs> and, uh, and just after that, the choir members came in, and they took their places, and that, that parakeet squawked out, new floor show, new floor show. 
And about that time, uh, uh, the, uh, the, all the people came in and the parakeet turned around and, and looked at the, the, the congregation and squawked out, same old crowd, same old crowd. <laughs> hey, listen, sadly, there's a lot of truth in that today. Sadly, there's a lot of people in their lives that they are professors and not possessors. Matthew 15, 8 says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Listen, church, people examine our lives. They examine our actions. They examine the places that we go and the, the things that we do and the people that we associate with. And let me ask you, do people say about your Christianity, they kind of resemble Christ or there could be a likeness or it's possible that there's something connecting the two or, listen, when they look at us, do they look at us as a, a child? with a parent and how they take on the, fe the features uh, of their parent. And it's apparent, there's some children that you can look at them and you know just by uh, glancing at them who their daddy is or who their mama is, amen? They look just like them. Have people taken the knowledge that you've been with Jesus? Do you walk the walk and talk the talk? And I'm thankful for this. In our family, we have a great heritage and, and uh, people that have served the Lord. And, and uh, what a thrill. We've got uh, 13, well, 13 grandchildren. And uh, we get phone calls all the time from the kids. And this one got saved or that one got saved. And I'll tell you what joy that is uh, for a parent and a grandparent that these children get saved. But I, I thought back to my mother-in-law and... Uh, she served the Lord for many years in a bus ministry for 30 years, over 30 years at our old church. And they would pick up children and take them to church and wipe their noses and buy them candy and love on them a little bit, teach them to pray and show them a, listen, a, a world that is lovable in an unloving world. And thank God for the bus ministry. We'd bring 200 kids on the bus routes and and, and teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ and see lives changed. And, but it was so funny. Uh, one day, a little girl who was riding the bus, she'd only been riding uh, for a little while. Uh, she looked up at my mother-in-law and said, are you Jesus? <laughs> because of that, she had the opportunity to lead her to Christ. As I pray in our lives that uh, we're representing the Savior, amen? that people can take knowledge that uh, you've been with Jesus. There's so many Christians today that are just straddling the fence or uh, they're halfway in or they're halfway out. And, and listen, there's, there should be a change in your life. I'm not talking holiness, church, and sinless perfection, but listen, church, people should be able to tell that you're a Christian. There should be something uh, different about you. Listen, we serve... We serve the Lord out of love. In the Old Testament, they served out of fear. We serve out of love. I always say this, love is a greater motivator than fear. I, I remember uh, we took the kids to Gatlinburg, and I, I can remember we were, we were looking out, and we saw uh, different animals, and all of a sudden, probably from here to the back of the door, we saw a, 
big bear sitting there. And I can remember looking at my family and you know what I said to him? I said, if that bear comes to us, toward us, it's every man for himself. <laughs> no, no, listen, you know, as parents, if that bear came, we'd do everything we could to protect our children. Because listen, love is a greater motivator than fear. Because of our love for Christ, there should be a difference in our lives where redeemed by the blood of the Savior should motivate us to be different for the Savior. What a believer should be. An imitator of Jesus, a striking likeness of our Savior. You would ask, why, why should a Christian be so in their life? Why should my life look like Jesus? Why should I imitate the Savior? Why should I conform to the image of Christ? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Listen, first of all, it's for our own sakes. If you're a born-again believer this morning, why should you act like Jesus? Why should you portray the image of Christ? It's for our own sakes. Listen, I know every time that I would take a job, I was an associate pastor, and I coached basketball for 17 years at our high school. And But every time I would go to a different workplace, I would always let them know right up front, I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Why'd you do that? I did it for my sake. I did it for my sake. Uh, so it would keep me on my toes, amen? It, it would keep me concerned about my testimony and uh, make sure in my life that I didn't do something to disappoint the Savior. And listen, you might ask, why would I do it? Why would, would, I, why would I want to tell people that? Listen, to keep me on the right path, to keep me from backsliding, to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. How do you do that? You stay faithful to church. You read and meditate on the word of God. You share the gospel. You hang around with God's people. You love people. You're honest. Hey, it's for our sakes, church. It's for our sakes that we portray Jesus Christ in our lives. Secondly, it's for our joy. It's for our joy. Why walk close to the Savior? Why uh, try to be like him? Listen, being in God's will and striving to be more like Jesus in our lives will, guess what? It'll keep us happy. It'll give us a peace. It'll give us joy. Think about David. David got caught up in that great sin. The Bible says at a time when kings went forth to battle, David tarried at Jerusalem. He, he got out of the fight for a little bit. And listen, the Christian life's a daily struggle, amen? It's a battle. It's a fight. And he got out of the fight there a little bit. And, and you know David's great sin with Bathsheba. The Bible says in Psalm 51, 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Listen, being right with God, trying to portray the image of Jesus Christ in our lives, it'll give us joy, church. If you're saved, if you're born again, thank God we can't lose our salvation, amen? Sealed unto the day of redemption, passed from death unto life. But, but, but listen, 
If you're saved, there's nothing more miserable than a child of God out of God's will. There's nothing more miserable in your life if you're born again than to be out of the center of God's will in your life. Listen, if you can come to church and you can sit in the pew and, and, and act like everything's fine on Sunday, but, but you live like the devil uh, the rest of the week. And listen, if that doesn't bother you, there's something wrong. If that doesn't uh, bother you in your life and take that peace away and that joy away, hey, you, you need to check your salvation. Listen, if, if you're not serving the Lord, if, if, if you're uh, not uh, right with God, I know in my life, if, I, if I've done wrong, Guess what happens to me? It draws me to an altar, amen, with a broken heart, one to get myself right with God. Listen, if you're a Christian and you, you can live outside of God's will for your life and it doesn't bother you, you need to check that today. I know this, I need the power of God in my life. I don't know about you this morning, but I need the power of God in my life, and sin brings misery, and sin separates. And let me say this, thirdly, why do we want to be a picture of Christ, a striking likeness of our Father? It's because of a thing called chastisement. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. That word chasteneth in the Greek is pahadio, which means to train, to cause one to learn, to reprove and admonish, molding the character of others, to chasten by the affliction of calamities, to chastise with blows, to scourge of a father punishing his son. And I tell you this, our God is a loving God. I'm thankful for that, but our God is a God to be feared. There is a law, there's a law of God that cannot be broken for the lost and for those that are saved, and it's the law of reaping and sowing. Listen, church, you, you get outside of, the God's, uh, of God's will in your life, you will reap what you sow. Hey, one of the reasons to, 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 to stay close to Christ is because there's chastisement that comes for those that are outside of God's will. I'll tell you this, trials are not my favorite thing. I can stand here and admit that uh, uh, this morning, but I can handle a trial in my life when I'm in the center of God's will. When I'm in the center of God's will, I know uh, it's a purpose. I, I know when I'm trying to uh, live right and serve the Savior, it's for my own good. It's for my training and for my teaching and conforming me to His image. But how sad to be under the chastisement of God because you're out of God's will. That's a horrible place to be. For our sakes, it'll help us to keep living right. It'll give us joy, and it keeps us from chastisement. I've got to hurry, but lastly, it's for others' sakes. There's so many professors out there today that profess that they know the Lord, but they don't want to live like it. Listen, if you're out in the world as a born-again believer and you're not 
willing to stand on your faith and walk with Jesus and conform to his image, don't tell people you're a Christian. I've been around so many people in my life and I've seen them say they were born again and and, and talk about things that they did and and then they, they would do things that would just embarrass me and, and I'm thinking they said they told them that they were a Christian. Hey, for others' sake, for others' sake, we, we have to make sure in our life we're not a, a stumbling block, that we're, we're living right and we're serving right. Because people will look at you and say, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be one. I've seen pastors, evangelists, missionaries, broken ministries, jail time, ruined lives. Hey, the worst thought is I don't want to stand before my Savior someday and have somebody else there that was on their way to a place called hell and it was because I was the wrong kind of testimony. Hey, what, a, what a shame to, to, to be a, a type of person that is bringing shame to the cause of Christ. 2 Peter 2.21 says, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. You think about so many people with opportunity. You think about Judas. He walked with the Savior, but he missed heaven by 16 inches because he had a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. Listen, a heart knowledge will lead you to serve the Lord. There's a whole lot of identity theft going on today in the church. Identity theft. I know my wife, she does. She likes to do stuff online, you know, and has that credit card, and you just tap in some numbers, and your order's ready when you get there. And I don't put any of my stuff out there on the web. That's just the way I am, but there was a time where uh, at Chipotle, uh, I paid for Robert and 25 of his friends. <laughs> I come home and I found out there was identity theft that went on. And they, they yeah, uh, thank the Lord, they, they took care of it and we, and we were refunded. But, but listen, that describes many believers today. It's just identity theft. They, they come and they, they profess that they know the Lord, but they don't possess the Lord. Church, may we do our best to be like Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Listen, if you went to a court of law today, would you be convicted with all the evidence of being a Christian? Or would they say, I, I really haven't found the evidence to say that they're a born-again believer? Hey, for, for our sakes, for others' sakes, and let me say this. It wasn't in my notes, but how about for the next generation's sake? I thought about these babies up here and, I added this a little later, but they're growing up in a world that hates God. They're growing up in a world that hates the Bible and hates morality. The only hope for our kids, listen, by the way, church, they're leaving the church in droves today. You know that? 
Our teenagers are leaving the church in droves. We, mom and dads, grandma and grandpas, listen, in our lives, we must imitate Christ. Our children are worth it. Our grandchildren are worth it. Listen, it's so important in our lives. Church, I'm just telling you this from what I've learned down through the years is you've got to live it. You can profess it, but you have to live it. And when you, you can live it here at church and you can have everybody faked out, but I'll tell you what, you, you can't fake them out at home. The kids that go the furthest away from God today are those that had parents that said, do as I say, not as I do. You have to live the Christian life. You have to stand for the things of Christ. Be real. Live it in the way you treat your spouse, in the way you deal with your children's. In, the, in devotions times and and going to church and not just live it, but love it. Amen, church. Love, I love church. It's my favorite day of the week. I love Sundays. I, I can't get enough of it. I was born again in 1978, and I'm still as excited today as the day I got saved. Hey, love it. If you don't love church, if you're not faithful to church, if you're not in church and you're not in the word of God and you're not having devotion time with your children, if you don't love it, listen, they won't love it. I can guarantee you that. You have to love it for your children and you have to win their hearts. If you win their hearts for Jesus, you can keep them from going astray. Imitating Christ. You can't imitate him unless you know him. As your redeemer, your savior, the Bible says you must be born again. What a picture should look like. It should look like a striking likeness of our father. And why a Christian should be so, it's for our sakes, for our testimony, to help us to live right, to give us joy, to keep us from God's chastisement. It's for others that we're not a stumbling block. We're not a reason that somebody turns away from Christianity. And listen, on this baby dedication day, it's for the next generation. It's for our children. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen, I pray in your life uh, this morning and in your daily walk that you're a picture of Jesus. Amen. That we're conforming to the image of Christ. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.